Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morning Star Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, brethren. Hello and welcome to the Free Masons Podcast with your host, Right Worship Brother George Mudry. Just up here, just me today. We're going to be doing the Lost Book of Enki. We're going to continue our reading of the 11th tablet. Joe and Ken are indisposed, so uh, just going to be reading a little bit of Enki. We're trying to get through this. And then uh, if you guys have any other suggestions for any other type of reading you'd like me to do, uh, please uh, shoot out the um, shoot me out a... Uh, Shoot me out a suggestion, and uh, I'll pick up on reading it. But uh, we're going to get back into the Lost uh, lost Book of Enki. We're on Tablet 11. We just, the last time we did this reading, we learned about uh, the death of Demusi, who uh, they, they, they did some shitty stuff to him. They basically put him in a, uh, a coffin, I guess, and they threw his ass out in the water. And uh, by the time they got to him, he was dead. And uh, we know that this was Marduk who did this. So um, he's, uh, he's about to get his ass chewed out. Uh, so let's continue on. Now this is the account of Inanna's descent to the lower Abzu, which, we, again, we talked about, we believe is South Africa, and the great Anunnaki war and how Marduk in the Iker alive was imprisoned. I don't know what the Iker is. Um, I, again, I, I'm surmising that it's the, the, um, uh, the Temple Mount. Uh, and we're going to get into that momentarily. But, uh, yeah, this starts the Great Anunnaki War. So here we go. When the lifeless body of Demusi from the Great Lakes waters by Ningal was retrieved to the abode of Nurgle and Ereshkigal in the lower Abzu, the body was brought. So they brought him down to South Africa. On a stone slab was the dead body of Demusi, a son of Enki, placed. When of what had happened words to Enki was sent. Enki rent his clothes. On his forehead he put ashes. Well, there's your uh, reference to uh, Ash Wednesday. My son, my son, for Demusi he lamented. What have I sinned to be so punished? Out loud he asked. When I, to earth from Nibiru, came, Ea, E-A, he whose home is waters, was my name. With waters did the celestial chariots obtain their thrust power. In waters, I splashed down. That's interesting. He's basically saying that the celestial chariots were powered by water. Um, then by an avalanche the waters uh, of waters, the earth was swept over. In waters did Asar, uh, my grandchild, drown. By waters, my beloved Demusi is now dead. Everything I had done 
for righteous purpose I did I do it? Why am I punished? Why has fate against me turned? So did Enki bewail and lament. So he's basically saying that, uh, you know, he's supposed to be the, the lord of all waters. And here it is. He's had multiple situations where uh, the waters are actually what um, what date a lot of his family members in. And that's kind of what his, uh, uh, you know, for somebody who's supposed to be the, the lord of the waters, every single tragedy in his life has come by way of water. Interesting. When from Gestina the veracity of occurrences was discovered greater was enki's agony now marduk my first bun, my firstborn for his deed will also suffer by the disappearance and death of demusi was inanna worried and uh, then grieved then to the lower abzu she hurried demusi's body for burial to retrieve when irishkigal her sister from the arrival of Anana at the precinct's gates was told. Now, interesting about this, they call it the precinct. Uh, in ancient Sumerian, uh, every city had what was called a, um, a precinct, which was only for the gods. No humans could go inside there. So uh, here we are, we're hearing about precincts again. Ereshkigal, a de uh, devious scheme on the part of Anana, suspected. At each of the seven gates, one of Anana's procurements and weapons was from her removed so they took her sidearm basically then unclogged the powerless then unclothed and powerless before eagle erishkegel's throne of scheming an heir by nurgle demusi's brother she was accused so they're they're having a pissing match in so many words there you you did it you did it you did it trembling with fury erishkegel to her sister's explanations would not listen let loose against her the 60 diseases. Ereshkigal, her visor, Namtar, in anger, ordered the 60 diseases. Interesting. I wonder what the 60 diseases are. Uh, some sort of a biological weapon, maybe. Uh, by the disappearance of Inanna in the lower Abzu, were her parents much worried. Inanna to Enlil in the matter went, Enlil to Enki a message sent. From Nurgle, his son, Ereshkigal's spouse, Enki, what had happened, learned. From the clay of the Abzu, Enki, two emissaries fashioned, being without blood, by death rays unharmed. What in the hell? From clay of the Abzu, Enki, two emissaries fashioned. He created two things. Uh, being without blood, by death rays unharmed. To the lower Abzu, he sent them, Inanna, to bring back, whether dead or alive. When before Ereshkigal they came, Ereshkigal, by their appearance, was puzzled. Are you Anunnaki? Are you Earthlings? With bewilderment, she asked. Namtar, the magical weapons of power against them, directed, but unharmed the two were. So, let's get into this real quick. The way it's sounding is that Enki made these things from the clay of the Abzu. So, he took... Uh, he took earth and, and he created these two things that were emissaries, uh, and they were unharmed by, by weapons, I guess you can say, and they didn't have blood, so they weren't alive. So some sort of a, a robot or something like that. I don't really know. Um, suggestions if you guys think what you might know what the hell that is. Um, let's see here. Namtar, the magical weapons of power against them directed, but unharmed the two were. To the lifeless body of Anana, he took them. 
hanging from a stake she was. Jesus. Upon the corpse, the corpse, the clay emissaries, a pulsar in a mitter directed. Then the water of life on her they sprinkled. In her mouth the plant of life they placed. Then Inanna stirred. Her eyes she opened. From the dead, Inanna arose. So now we're having stories of uh, rising from the dead. When the two emissaries, Inanna, to the upper world were ready to return, so they call, they're basically calling north of South Africa the upper world. Inanna, the lifeless body of Demuzi, to take along with them, ordered. So they're taking Inanna, but they're also taking Demuzi back up to the, to the upper world. At the seven gates of the lower Abzu, to Inanna, her accurements and attributes were returned. To the abode of Demuzi, in the black land, the lover of her youth to take the emissary she ordered. Um, the black land. I'm wondering what the black land is. Um, interesting. Uh, one other thing I just want to point out too that's interesting in this book. Um, you see a lot of repetitive numbers, quite similar to the Bible. Uh, seven pops up a lot. Uh, Thirty-three pops up a lot. Sixty. The sixes pop up a lot. Um, only mostly because the ancient Sumerians, um, they counted in sixes. Uh, we still do this today. Half dozen, dozen, counted in sixes. 360 degrees of a circle, 180 is half of that. <clears throat> uh, so let's continue on. There to wash him with pure water, with sweet oil, him anoint. Then to clothe him in a red shroud, shroud upon a slab of lapis lay him. Then in the rocks of him a rest place carve out a day of arising there to wait. Ooh, hey, what's going on, Tony Bay? This is interesting, and I'll tell you why. Um, it does sound quite similar to the story of Jesus here. I mean, they washed him with pure water, with sweet oil they anointed him. They clothed him in a red shroud. Eh, all right. uh, Jesus was supposed to be clothed in a white shroud, but whatever. Upon a slab, the slab of lapis, they lay him, lapis lazuli, lapis lazuli. And then it says here, right here, this line. Then in the rocks for him, a rest place carved out a day of arising there to wait. So they're talking about Demuzi arising from the dead. Sounds very similar to the, the, the resurrection story of Jesus. As for her, to the abode of Enki, Anana set her steps. Retribution for her beloved's death she wanted. The death of Marduk, the culprit she demanded. Um, I would love to read down the road uh, the the book of, uh, let's say, the Gospel of St. Thomas. It's, a, it's actually a, um, uh, what is it part of? It's part of the, um, the Gnostic Bible or part of it. Um, and it talks mostly about... Mary Mary Magdalene being married to Jesus and I am quite curious hearing of Anana being pissed off that Marduk killed um uh Demuzi her, her her lover or whatever I I'm quite curious if Mary Magdalene had the same type feelings about this uh, I wonder if the two go hand in hand um there has been death enough, Enki said to her. Marduk an instigator was, but murder he committed not. So he didn't, he might have pushed, pushed it along, but he didn't actually deal the, deal the death blow. 
When Inanna learned that Marduk would not be punished, Inanna to her parents and brother went. Oh, she went back to her own family. Damn. This is why you stay away from the Italians. To high heaven she was a wailing she raised. Justice, revenge, death to Marduk she cried for. At Enlil's abode, his sons Inanna and Utu joined for a council war. Uh, council of war they gathered. Oh, so these, the, the Enlil's boys are ready to tear shit up. Ninurta, whom the rebel Anzu defeated for strong measures, argued. Of secret words between Marduk the, and the Agigi exchanged, Utu them, uh, to them reported. Of Marduk, an evil serpent, earth must be rid. Enlil, well, there's your serpent story. Um, Enlil, uh, Enlil with them agreed. Yeah, so Enlil and all of his sons are like, let's 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 tear this dude up. Let's just, let's be done with him. Let's get him the hell out of here. He's he's a he's a son of a bitch. Let's get rid of him. When the demand for Marduk's surrender to Enki, his father was sent. Enki to his abode. Marduk and all other sons summoned. So basically, uh, Enlil said, uh, surrender, give him up, and uh, Enki sat with all his sons and said uh, let's, let's talk about this though for my beloved Demusi I am still grieving Marduk's rights I must defend though evil did Marduk instigate by ill fate not by Marduk's hand did Demusi die Marduk is my firstborn Ninki his mother for succession he is destined from death by Ninurta's gang by us all he must be protected so did Enki say. So here we go. You got the faction of Enlil. Um, if you're going to compare it to the Christian Bible. Hold on one second. You wet my whistle here. If you're going to compare it to the Christian Bible. And again, I've brought up this comment many, many times. Especially when reading this. As you always talked about a wrathful God. And you always talked about a, a loving God. Uh, I wonder if this is where the divide comes from. Because Christianity merged these two where one minute god was wrathful next minute he's he's uh peace and loving and uh, all that stuff so i wonder if 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 the Christ, christianity is taking these two gods and lil and enki and merged them and then just did away with the war but it is interesting we talk about the christian war in heaven where uh, the devil uh fought back against god and rebelled and uh, here we are. We're talking about gods going to war with each other right now. So I'm curious how this is going to go. Um, only Gibble and Ningal's, their father's call, heeded. Ningajida was opposed. Nurgle was hesitant. If in uh, only if in mortal danger, he will be. Uh, will I help? Uh, basically saying, unless Marduk's going to get killed, that's the only time I'm going to help. Uh, other than that, he needs to be punished for something. <clears throat> it was after that that a war of ferocity unknown between the two clans erupted. So here we go. This is where it gets crazy. Unlike the contending of Huron in Satu, of earthlings descended it was, a battle between Anunnaki, Nibiru, and Born among them on another planet was loosed. Okay. So what he's... What that basically says, I'm sorry, I'm going to break this down because I'm trying to make this as interesting and understandable as possible. Saying that the, the war between, the, the battle between Huron and Satu was mostly Earthlings. It was, uh, it was on Earth. It happened here. Earthlings were involved. So it was kind of like a domestic war. Whereas this war that's about to happen are directly from the Anunnaki. This is the Anunnaki war. There's no Earthlings involved. This is gods going to battle with one another. 
Um, and it's the first time that on, you know, since being on Nibiru, where war was basically over with, um, this is the first time that Anunnaki, uh, Nibiruan, uh, are going to war. They're going to fight each other right now on Earth. By Inanna was the warfare begun. In her skyship to the domains of Enki's son she crossed over. Marduk to battle she challenged. To the domains of Ningal and Gibble she pursued them. Uh, she, she, him, pursued, so she's after his ass. To assist her, Ninurta from his Stormbird, withering beams at enemy stronghold shot. So, yeah, this is a this is an aerial battle right now. They're, he's bombing all his... Uh, <laughs> This is uh, Operation uh, Desert Storm here. They're, they're, he's shooting up all of his uh, uh, all of his, his strongholds and all of his cities and stuff. Ishker from the skies with scorched lightnings and smashing thunders attack. So yeah, this is, a, this is an aerial bombardment right here. In the Abzu from the river's fish he washed away. Cattle in the fields he dispersed. So now he's going after what you can call um, a strategic target. Uh, whereas a tactical target is going to be your military installations. He's also chasing away cattle and fish. So he's going after his food supply, in a sense. To the north, the place of the artif uh, Artifice Mounts. Marduk then retreated. So he's talking about the Artifice Mounts in the north. Um, my assumption is that's going to be your... Um, the Artifice Mounts, I guess, would be your Great Pyramids. Pursuing him, Ninurta on the habitations, poisoned-bearing missiles rained. Ah, okay. All right. So I wonder, I wonder, just a thought, I wonder if this is the the seven plagues in the Bible where, you know, firstborn sons were killed and there was a poison cloud that killed a bunch of people and you had all the... The, the the plague and all that stuff going on. I wonder if that's something along. I, I wonder if this is where this story comes from. Um, moving on. His weapon that tears apart, all capitalized, the people in those lands robbed of their senses. Aha, great. Coronavirus back in the day. Wonderful. The, the canals that the river's water bore, red from blood became. Ishker's brilliances, the night darkness into flaming days converted. Yeah, so he's he's going. They're going all in on this one. As the devastations, ever the, ah, excuse me, I'm trying again. As the devastating battles northward advanced, Marduk in the Iker himself consigned. So uh, he's hiding in this Iker, whatever it is. E K U R. I would be. I would love to know what that breaks down to. Those two words. Because again, Sumerians, when they wrote uh, like Adamu or, or Ad Amu, like they they split their words where we get our syllables for, or what are they called? The uh, not syllables, not syllables. Um, where they split words, where words can break down, like um, you know Anunnaki, like it's all split words but make one word. So I'm wondering what ik er is. Um, Gibble. From it, an unseen shield devised, Nurgle to heavens, its all-seeing eye raised. Well, there's your all-seeing eye. Um, the all-seeing eye, as referred to in this, is some sort of a... Um, uh, so, uh, Gibble has a, for a force field. Let's talk about that. The unseen shield devised. So, he basically put up a, a shield or something to, to block him in. Nurgle raised the all-seeing eye, which I'm assuming is some sort of a GPS system, if you will, or an all-seeing eye, uh, with weapon of brilliance, 
interesting. Uh, weapon of brilliance, all capitalized. By a horn directed. Uh, by a horn directed. Well, there's your uh, there's your also your Bible reference of the trumpets. Uh, Inanna, the hiding place attacked. So she went after the Temple Mount. And that's why I'm, I'm assuming it's the Temple Mount. And uh, I'll I believe once we get further in this, it'll make sense. Why? Horon, to defend his grandfather, came by her brilliance, was right eye damaged. Interesting. I wonder if that's some sort of a nuclear weapon. While Utu, the Agigi, in their horde of earthlings beyond Tillum held off. So they're, they're whooping the ass of the uh, Agigi and the earthlings as their allies. At the foot of the artifice mounts, Anunnaki, this and that clan supporting in battle clash. So this is your, your battles of uh, Egypt, in a sense. Let Marduk surrender. Let the bloodshed end. So did Enlil to Enki words convey. Let brother talk to brother to Enki Ninursag a message sent. Um, so he's basically saying, I want to talk to my brother before I'm just going to go freaking surrender. You can kiss my ass. In his hideout with the, within the Eker, Marduk, his pursuers to defy, continued. Within the house, which like a mountain is, all capitalized, his final stand he made. So, uh, again, I'm talking about this has got to be some sort of a temple mount. I'll explain why. In Nana, the massive stone structure could not surmount its smooth sides, her weapons deflected. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> then Ninurta of the secret entrance learned the swivel stone on the north side he found. Through a dark corridor, Ninurta passed the grand gallery he reached, its vault by the many-hued emissions of the crystals like a rainbow was a glitter. Inside, by the intrusion alerted, Marduk with wet, ready weapons, Ninurta waited. With weapons responding, smashing the wonder crystals, Ninurta up the gallery kept going. Into the upper chamber, the place of the great pulsating stone, Marduk retreated. And its entrance, Marduk, the sliding stones locked locks lowered from one and all admission they barred into the eker inanna and ishker ninurta followed what next do they do contemplated <clears throat> let the encased hiding chamber be marduk's stone coffin to them ishker said to three blocking stones ready for down gliding ishker their attention drew let slow death by alive be buried, be Marduk's sentence, Inanna her consent gave. At the end of the gallery, the three blocking stones let loose, each one of them each one of them one stone for plugging, sliding down. Marduk is in a tomb to seal. So they locked his ass into whatever this thing is. I'm assuming it's the Temple Mount. Um, I could be wrong because they are talking about, um, one thing they keep talking about over and over is he's going up the grand gallery, grand galley or whatever. Uh, I know that's something that's in the, um, the great pyramid. And I find it interesting that, you know, even though that the great pyramid, uh, was said to be a, a burial chamber for, um, I guess you can say, uh, uh, I think it was Khufu was the, the pharaoh. Uh, they never found a body. Uh, yeah, I know they say oh, it could have been the, you know, whatever. The uh, grave robbers could have taken it and all that stuff. But there was never any um, 
and they're talking about the crystals and all that stuff. And I know that, you know, ancient aliens, I'm not going to get too deep into that. But they talk about how the Great Pyramid could have been a power source. Um, so, I, I, I mean, maybe he, he was locked into the Great Pyramid. And that's where we get the story of it being a tomb for uh, the god Khufu uh, or the, the pharaoh Khufu. Um, interesting though. Some again, all this, none of this is all factual. This is all just uh, shit to think about. It's you know we find every day and we learn every day that. Um, hold on, take a quick swig here. We learn every day that history isn't what we were taught. Uh, we learn more and more every day. I mean, uh, we found uh, we we're, we're uncovering cave paintings and we're uncovering things in turkey like uh, i can't remember the name of the places um but we're finding that our history goes back further than we thought it was we have so many unexplained things that we just don't know why they're how, how they got there we still don't know how truthfully the pyramids were built we don't know how easter island came to be about and how they did all they move those stones and everything i mean everybody can sit there and say oh this is all they did and i'm not by any means taking anything away from human ingenuity by any means i mean we have the the romans they in the greeks they built amazing structures beautiful structures that still stand to this day so i don't want to take anything from human human ingenuity but i mean for the longest time we thought columbus discovered america not true uh vikings discovered america uh we know this for a fact now. We ha we've had to change our outlook on things. So these are all just, these are, and again, I want to just stress, these came from 5,000-year-old Sumerian tales. Actually, scratch that. Um, I think they were, they predate, well, they, they were definitely 5,000 or 3,000 BC, um, and we found them. And the difference between this paper and a Sumerian tablet is they were made in clay and they were baked uh, you can't go and change those. And they have dated them back to when they were well, well, well before the Bible. So I just, I, I love doing this because it, it makes you think, you know, that perhaps the religions of the world, and I'm not changing anybody's opinion on religion. <clears throat> it's not my goal. This is just all informational. Again, we're Masons. The reason why I'm reading this is because we're in pursuit of knowledge. And, uh, I would, I, I love seeing these stories in here you now and you know you read the bible and you sit there and you go well how did that happen or you, you read this and oh, how did that happen or, you know whether you're reading the, the the torah whether you're reading the bible whether you're reading the quran you hear about stories about muhammad ascending to heaven going to the temple mount well in this book it's talking about how they used to escape they used to ascend skyward and uh basically the temple mount so or they called it the navel of the earth which is kind of what we still call it today Let's continue on. <clears throat> now this is the account of how Marduk was saved and to exile departed. So uh, Marduk was saved and uh, he got pushed into exile. And how the Iker was dismantled and lordship over the lands rearranged. Interesting. Away from the sun and light without food or water, Marduk within the Iker alive was entombed. By his imprisonment and punishment without trial serapent his spouse a wailing raised uh serapent was his uh earthling wifey and uh she's pissed um to enki her father-in-law she hurried with the young son nabu it's uh their son together to him she came 
To be among the living, Marduk must be returned, to Enki Serapent said. He sent her to Utu and Nanar, who with uh, Inanna can intercede. Wearing a garment of atonement to the Lord Enki, Marduk give life, she pleaded. Uh, garment of atonement, which is basically, uh, I'm assuming some sort of a white outfit, innocence, right? Let him humbly, let him humbly life continue. Rulership he will lay aside. I'm going to call bullshit on that one. <laughs> Appeased was not Anana. For the death of my beloved, the instigator must die, Anana retorted. The Nursog, the peacemaker, the brothers Enki and Enlil summoned. Punishment to Marduk must come. Death is not warranted to them, he said. Let Marduk in exile live. The succession of earth to Ninurta submit. Enlil, by her words, was pleased and smiled. Of course he was. He wants his own freaking son to take over the earth. Ninurta was his son of Ninurta. She was the mother. In between succession and life, the choice is, what can I, a father, say? So in other words, uh, Enki, what do you want me to say? You know, I don't want my kid to die, but you know, whatever. What do you want me to do? Uh, so did Enki with a heavy heart answer. In my lands, widespread is the desolation. Yeah, because... Uh, and Lil's kids went on a freaking ta temper tantrum. And uh, torched the shit out of Enki's land, which is basically uh, Enki, again, was consigned to South Africa. Uh, which is interesting because there's a lot of stone structures they found in Zimbabwe and South Africa and all that. And they, they don't know what they are. They call them cattle crawls. Uh, you can look this up. I swear to God, this is true. These are stone circular where it looks like buildings used to be. And uh, they said, uh, oh, they're cattle crawls. The problem with that is there's no friggin' doors. It's just giant circles. Um, so perhaps they're the foundations of buildings that got uh, wiped out during this little pissing contest between the two brothers. Um, so did Enki with a heavy heart answer. In my lands, widespread is the desolation. Warfare must end. For Demuzi, I am still mourning. Let Marduk live in exile. If peace is to be returned, see, hold on, I'll continue on. I'm going to stop real quick. If peace is to be returned and Marduk shall live, binding arrangements must be made, and Lil to Enki said. So he's basically bounding him by oath. Here's the friggin' interesting part. If you think this was about Inanna, who was the, the lover, who, you know, she's in, she's, oh, she's so hurt, and oh, mama. Demuzi was Enki's son. So if the way I'm looking at this is this was nothing for a catalyst for Enlil and his sons to take over power and not have to share it. Here's why. Think about this. You'd think Enki would be more pissed off than than Enlil and his sons. Because realistically, the only one that got hurt, the, the one that should be most hurt is Enki because he lost his son. And Nana, yes, she's the lover, but they weren't blood related. You know, it's like um it would be like you know, equivalent. Like you have a son, he's got a girlfriend, right? And uh, you know the, the girlfriend's family is kind of you know, whatever. And then you have another son, and that son dies, and your girlfriend's or your son's girlfriend's parents are more pissed off and want revenge more so than you who lost your own son. This is more at least the way I'm looking at it. I mean, it, 
talk about where modern politics come from. Talk about some shady shit. The way I'm looking at this is Enlil needed an excuse for him and his sons to take over power and get rid of Marduk. And this was the catalyst. So that's why they're not so much pissed off about the people who actually did the act. They were looking to make an they were looking for a reason to go after Marduk. Is kind of the way I'm picking this up. Stop me if I'm wrong. Hit me in the comments if you think I'm wrong, but that's just the way it sounds to me. Um, all facilities that heaven and earth bound to my hands alone must be entrusted. So there you go. And Lil's, he's, uh, he's consolidating power, getting rid of his brother. The mastery over the land of the two Neros to another son of yours you must give. Talking about uh, the, the Mesopotamia, the Euphrates um, valley there. The Aigigi, who Marduk follow, a landing place must give up and abandon. So he's kicking out all of Marduk's uh, supporters. To the land of no return by no descent of Zazudra inhabited must Marduk in exile go. So did Enlil forcefully declare to be the foremost among the brothers he meant. The hand of fate Enki in his heart acknowledged. Let it so be with a bowed head, he said. Nengazida alone, the Ikur, innards knows let him over its land be the master in Gazeta. Uh after the decisions by the great Anunnaki were announced in Gazeta for the rescue they summoned how Marduk from the block sealed innards to extricate was his challenge to let free uh, to let free the one who alive is buried a task beyond conceiving to him gave so my assumption is they took one of these three of these megalithic giant stones and they drop them sons of bitches on the entryway so that is no way out um Ninkazita to eker secrets designs contemplated how to circumvent the blockings he planned through a chisel upper opening marduk will be rescued through a chiseled upper opening marduk will be rescued to the leaders he said at a place which I will show them, a doorway in the stones they will cut out. I wonder if this is uh, uh, why a, I don't know, a temple mount was put on top of, oh, excuse me, why a, uh, excuse me, like, um, a temple was put, King Solomon's temple was put on top of it, and then Herod's temple, and then the Dome of the Rock. Uh, I wonder if there, that was the, the entryway, I guess you can say. Um, potentially. Or we're talking about... Uh, uh, a shaft that the because it says right here um at a place i will show them a doorway in the stones they will cut from it upward a twisting passageway they shall bore rescue shaft creating let's go to the the pyramids uh they did a um not too long ago i seen a special they did a what is it a ground penetrating radar and the pyramids and they found that midway up the pyramid there's another entryway blocked by stones uh the only problem is the antiquities won't let them excavate it because they don't want to you know, destroy the, preserve it, whatever the hell. Um, through the hidden hollows to the eakers, a mist they will continue. At the vortex of the hollows, through the stones they will break through. A doorway to the insides they will blow open, thereby the blocking circumventing. Up the grand gallery they will continue, the three stone bars they will raise. The uppermost chamber, Marduk's death prison, they will reach. Interesting that there's also, in, in the Great Pyramid, there's also shafts and stuff that uh, they sent little RVs through, those little freaking robotic cameras and shit through. And you see, when you get to the end of this one shaft, that there's actually 
a room because they drilled a hole through it and they were able to stick a little camera inside there. There's a room in there and uh, it's sealed off both directions. Wonder if this is what they're talking about. Again, all stuff to think about. The uppermost chamber, Marduk's death prison, they will reach. Anunnaki, by Ningazita guided, his outline planned for them, they followed. One second. Uh, with tools that crack the stones, they opening, the opening they made, the rescue shaft they fashioned. The insides of the artificed mount they reached, the exit they blew open. Circumventing the three blocking stones, the uppermost chamber they reached, on a small platform, the porculuses they raised. Marduk fainted, then rescued. Carefully through the twisting shaft, they, the Lord lowered to fresh air, them, uh, they him brought. So uh, he's basically running out of oxygen in there because it was all blocked off. Outside, Serapin and Nabu, spouse and father, were awaiting a joyful reunion it was. When to Marduk, his father Enki, the term of release conveyed, excuse me, Marduk was enraged. I would rather die than my birthright forfeit, he shouted. Serapin into his arms Nabu thrust. We are part of your future, she softly said. Marduk was angered. Marduk was humbled. I fate. To fate I yield, he inaudibly said. With Serapin and Nabu to the land of no return, he departed. I wonder where that is. To a place where the horned beasts are hunted with wife and son, he went. Horned beasts. Huh. Uh, horned beasts. Um, buffalo? Not buffalo. Yeah. Bison? Maybe bison. Maybe field bison. Maybe that's what we're talking about. Uh, anyway, after Marduk had departed, Ninurta, the Eker, through the shaft, re-entered. Through a horizontal corridor to the Eker vulva, Eker's vulva he went. Jesus Christ, that's an interesting name. Um, I understand this is all being translated from Sumerian, so they have probably interesting ways of writing things. Anyway, in the... In its east wall, in a niche, artfully fashioned, the destiny stone a red radiance was emitting. Its power to kill me grabs with a killing track. It track with a killing tracking to it me seizes. Ninurta inside the chamber cried, Take it away. To obliteration destroy it, to his lieutenants, Ninurta shouted. Retracing his steps through the Grand Galley to the topmost chamber Ninurta went, in a hollow chest, the heart of the Eker pulsated. Its net force by five compartments was enhanced. This is why I said the Temple Mount. Because we're talking about uh, a destiny stone. It was uh, also in a... Um, it was also in a hollowed-out chest. Um... I find this interesting uh, because it talks about uh, it, its power to kill me grabs. Uh, we talk about the, the in the Bible, you have the um, Ark of the Covenant that uh, when people touched it, they just <laughs> crapped out right there in the spot. I wonder if this is it. With his baton, Ninurta, the stone chest struck. With a resignating sound, it responded. It's Gug Stone, G-U-G, Stone, that directions determined Ninurta ordered 
to be taken out to place of its choice carried. Direction stones. Interesting. Life directions? Hmm, maybe. Coming down the Grand Gallery, Ninurta, the 27 pairs of Nibiru crystal, crystals examined. 27. Interesting. Many in his fight with Marduk were damaged. Some the struggle enact, uh, intact survive. To remove the whole ones from their grooves, Ninurta ordered. The others with his beam he pulverized. Okay, so he's destroying his shit. Um, so he's taking the ones that are that are whole. Outside the house, which like a mountain is, Ninurta in his blackbird sword. To the apex stone, his attention he turned. His enemy's epitome it represented. With his weapons, he shook it loose. To the ground in pieces, it toppled. Apex stone. Put up a confederate flag. Probably not. Um... So, uh, yeah, so the apex stone, it's a top stone. I mean, maybe we are talking about the Great Pyramid here. This is, and, of course, that's missing. Um, by this, the fear of Marduk is forever ended. Ninurta, victorious, declared. On the battleground, the assembled Anunnaki, the praise of Ninurta announced. Like Anu, you are made. To their hero, a leader, they shouted. To replace the incapacitated Beacon, a mountain near a place of celestial chariots was chosen. Within its innards, the salvage crystals were rearranged. Upon its peak, the Gugstone, the stone of directing, was installed. Mount Mashu, mount of the supreme celestial bark, the mount was called. Uh, interesting. At this time, Enlil, his three sons, summoned. Ninlil and Ninursag also <clears throat> attended. Uh, commands over olden lands to confirm, lordships over new lands to assign them. So they're, they're dividing up the pie here is what they're doing. You take control of this shit. We'll take control of that shit. Don't cross my border. This is where you get your states from. This is where you get your independent nations from. This mentality right here. This is why you don't have one whole giant country or, you know, we just all, can't we all just get along? <laughs> And this is the reason why. It's because it was a pissing contest. And we, if you're going to follow this and you believe this, that, that we had actually Anunnaki who were gods and lived here and they uh, split up the land. Well, I mean, we're just following their example. This land is my land. This land's not your land. That type of crap. Uh, to Ninurta, who Anzu and Marduk had vanquished, the Enlil ship powers were granted. So there you go. He's now the new successor because he whooped in, uh, Marduk's ass. In all the lands his father's surrogate to be. Of the landing place in the Cedar Mountains, which I've already said that's uh, got to be um, in Lebanon, that place. Lordship to Ishker was granted. To his domain northward thereof was the landing place joined. The lands south and east thereof where the Agigi and their offspring had spread to Nanar. Uh as an everlasting endowment were given by his descendants, the followers to keep and hold, land south and east of there. So maybe uh, Babylon, maybe further over, maybe you're talking India at this point. The peninsula wherein the place of the chariots was in Anar and Nanar's lands was included. Utu as commander of the place and of the navel of the earth was confirmed. 
in the lands of the two Narrows, as agreed, Enki to Ninkaji, the lordship did his sign. So Ninkaji now has control of the Mesopotamia. To that, none of Enki's other sons objected. To that, Inanna was opposed. To the heritage of Demuzi, this bitch, let me tell you, she got some balls. Because now everybody's like, yeah, yeah give it to Ninkazita. Marduk's gone and everything. And Inanna is pissed. She doesn't want it. She, you know, to, to the heritage of Demuzi, her deceased bridegroom did Inanna claim lay. A dominion of her own. Bingo. There it is. This chick wants real estate. A dominion of her own, she of Enki and Enlil demanded. How Inanna's demands to satisfy the leaders contemplated. About the lands and the peoples of the great Anunnaki whose fates decreed council took. Regarding the earth and its resettling, words with Anu they exchanged. So they're calling up to the, the big guy on the bureau. From the time of the deluge, the great calamity... Almost two shars have passed. The earthlings have proliferated. From mountain lands to dried lowlands they went. Of civilized man by Zizudra, there were descendants with Anunnaki seed. They were intermixed. Offspring of the Agigi, who intermarried, roamed about. In the distant lands, Cains, or Cains, kinfolk survived. Distant lands. Oh, again, I've surmised it's Native Americans because one of the things they did was they refused to allow cane to grow facial hair. And uh, Native Americans don't grow facial hair. Few and lofty were the Anunnaki from whom Nibiru had come. Few were their perfect descendants. How settlements for themselves and for earthlings to establish the great Anunnaki considered. How over mankind lofty to remain. How to make the many and the few obey and serve about all that about the future leaders with Anu's words exchanged to come to earth one more time Anu decided he's like these fucking kids I gotta come down here again with Antu his spouse he wished to come he's come back to earth he's trying to he's gotta deal with his freaking kids who can't get along I know the feeling Anu I apologize I feel you and that's the end of the 11th tablet uh, I'm not gonna get to the 12th yet but i will do the synopsis of the 12th tablet and uh, this is we're going to be reading next time uh and uh looks like we got more wars coming on because there's a picture down here at the bottom and it says uh the gods grant kingship and then the wars begin <laughs> synopsis of the 12th tablet and then we are on to after the 12th i mean we're pretty much we're getting on to the 13th tablet and that is the end we got two tablets left Synopsis of the 12th tablet. The soil dries, plains, and river valleys are resettled. Uh, again, we're still talking about, you know, this is still in the wake of the great deluge, so shit's still muddy. Plentiful gold comes from the lands beyond the seas. My assumption is going to be South America. Anu and his spouse Antu arrive for a memorable visit. Reminiscing, the leaders realize they are destiny's pawns. And we talked about uh, the difference between fate and destiny. Uh, Fate being something that we can control. Destiny being something that's out of their control. They allocate three regions of civilization to mankind. Pardoned by the departing Anu, Marduk remains rebellious. I told you. <laughs> Pardoned, uh, fir the first region and space facilities are en Enlilite lands. Man's first civilization begins in the first region, Sumer. 
Ah, so this is where they grant kingship to man. So this is where Sumer begins. So all this prior to man's floating around, but this is the first region that is mankind's Sumer. Marduk usurps a site to build an illicit launch tower. I'm going to go on a whim here and say this is the story of the Tower of Babel. Frustrated by the Enlilites, Marduk seizes the second region. He deposes and exiles Ninkazita, or in quotes here it says Thoth, to the distant lands. He declares himself Ra, supreme god, in a new religion. He introduces pharaonic reigns to marking new civilization. So here we go. Ra, uh, Ra, excuse me. Marduk, who later calls himself Ra, um, is a god who, um, this Marduk said, yeah, F that. I'm taking this shit over with. So uh, basically Anu pardons him, and that just opens Pandora's box. Anu, who's the god in Nibiru, the supreme god, he pardons him, and Marduk just goes on a freaking tear of just, mashing the hell out of everybody here so he takes the uh the first region uh excuse me the first region in space fillers are end lights okay so uh and then the marduk seizes the second region which whatever we're gonna i hope there's a map in here but i'd love to see what the second region is uh see so he gets rid of ninkazita which i'm assuming is uh, mesopotamia where babylon comes from and for those who don't know um uh, marduk is the or was the god of the babylonians um and then he travels to distant lands. He declares himself Ra, uh, supreme god in a new religion, which is where he starts the pharaonic reigns to mark a new civilization, Egypt. Uh, Enlil assigns his son Ishker to protect the metal sources. Inanna is granted dominion in the third region, which would be the Indus Valley. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, that's the Samas of the 12th. And uh, again... We're going to get the, I want to get into another book after this. If you guys have any suggestions, please uh, hit me up on, hit, hit the Freemasons podcast on uh, through Messenger and uh, tell me what you want to hear. What you want to hear next because we're, we're nearing the end of this. Uh, I'll continue doing readings if you guys are interested. Um, and uh, so that's pretty much it. Let me know what you think in the comments. Uh, hit me up on Messenger, wherever. And uh, as always. For the Freemasons Podcast, I am Right Worship Brother George Mudry, signing off. Have a good night, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, and uh, any other holiday you may be uh, celebrating. See you later, folks.